If it bleeds, we can kill it. And we reckon Essendon can bleed. Lethal Lee Matthews. Great man, welcome. Ah, uh, back from holidays. Good to good to talk to you, Rory. Now I can't talk for long. I'm going to the state of origin tonight. The oh, rugby oh. league state of origin. I usually go to the one in Queensland. Mm. Remember the good old days in the uh, in the eighties and nineties when you'd be getting ready for Victoria to play South Australia yes. on the Tuesday night in Adelaide. That are, they were big events, weren't they? Big oh, yeah. loved them and yeah. and miss it, Lee Crockies. You would have played a lot of state of origin. How many did you chalk well, up well, the end? Well, not State of Origin came in sort of like late seventies. I played more. I played more for Victoria when, like, all the good players yeah. loved State. Like, it was just whoever was played in the VFL played for Victoria. So, I only played a, few, a handful of okay. State of Origin ones in the late seventies. Uh, well, I did get. I got the, the worst knock I've ever got in the last State of Origin I ever played in nineteen eighty two. Ivan Eckerman was. I ran into his hip. Knocked oh. me in the next week. So it was one of the rare times on the, rare times on the footy field I lost consciousness. So, Jeez. Uh, it, was, uh, it was the heaviest. Uh, talk about concussion. I remember, like, I, I reckon I came to my senses being walked around the boundary line, right? So I can remember it. I can remember mm. just all of a sudden feeling like I woke up. Yep. No, you, you, you sort of go, they take you to the dressing room and you sort of then you come good half reasonably. Sat on the interchange bench. David Parker was a Victorian coach, and he sent there the message: "You're ready to go back on." I said, "I don't think so, Dave." <laughs> oh, really? I'm not that well. Oh. Anyway, but so I didn't go back on, and but then I just went home. I, we stayed in Adelaide. We stayed with some friends in Adelaide that night. I just went back to their place, and being I was in bed asleep by eight o'clock. Mm. But no, I, I must have been lucky. I didn't get any sort of oh, hopefully no after effects, but even on the night. Very, these days you'd probably be in hospital or at least under uh, under medical uh, supervision, wouldn't you? So, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. They used to yeah. run the old smelling salts out. You'd go, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and up so daisy you get, and off you went. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're yeah, we're yeah, cockahoot yeah. because I think one of the club's really good players um, and a spiritual leader in Texas re-signed it, and it has yeah. given the the team a little bit of a fillip this week. Well, it should. I mean, like, well, I like think. I'm, I'm one that I know they're professional footballers now, and if, if for instance, if you can squeeze the lemon for a last year or two and go and earn a, you know, a good living, a few hundred thousand at another club, well, okay, you can't sort of knock a player for doing that. But I love it when a player stays with his mm. current club. And, and, and I think over 30, it should be almost one year at a time. I reckon everybody should get to about July and say, okay, well, how are we travelling? Um, do, do, am I going to be valuable for another year or am I not? Now, and I'll say that the most stupid thing I hear is this is this statement. He has earned the right to retire when they want to. Mm. That is the most stupid thing anyone ever says. No one has earned the right to say, I'm going to play for as long as I want to. I'll let you know when I'm going to retire. <laughs> you, 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 you go when you're no longer any value to the club, but you know, as I say, from Texas' point of view, he's been really good. Mm. So he's certainly, uh, you want him there uh, next year. So, but uh, I'm, I'm pleased. But this time next year, the same situation. Well, apply. How's he going? Mm. What, you know, where, how's he looking? Now, the Buddy Franklin thing's popped up this afternoon, Rory, that, that he's 36, as we know, Buddy. Mm. the end of the, the 10 year kind of multi billion dollar, $10 million contract. And there's some thought that. Uh, Brisbane uh, Swans have only offered him like five hundred thousand instead of the million he's been getting, and mm. therefore, I couldn't make. Can you leave in the club at thirty six? I know you want to squeeze the lemon, but I hope that's just a player management leaking it to the press, like try and put the pressure on. Yep, Sydney, because uh, 
if Buddy's going to play on, he looks like he's got another year in him. It, it uh, yeah, you'd hope it'll be at the Swans. You wouldn't. I mean, you just—it sounds just incomprehensible to the thirty-six-year-old because no club could contract him for more than a year, could they? No. At this point of his life, I'm surely so. So you never the butters, I say, but you're never in the right to make the call yourself. Clubs, are the, clubs have got the right to. Mm-hmm. Um, to say when you're of no value to us anymore, will you move on? And that's the way it works, yeah. in my, my view. Did yeah, you retire yeah. on your terms? Didn't have a choice. No. No, I, no, I, I mean, about halfway through the season in 1985, my 17th year, I, I was struggling. I, mean, I knew I was fading. And uh, I said to Alan Jones, I think I probably will retire at the end of the year. And he said, yeah, OK. <laughs> <That was> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, so the fact was, I, I wouldn't have had a choice. You could say it was mutual, but the fact <laughs> was, I, I was I was done. And there was well, by the end of that 1985 season, I was getting onto the on the fringe of the team. Mm-hmm. So whether yeah, you know, whether I so now I I never I didn't have a choice, but I I knew that I, I was always pretty easy to sack. To be honest with you, if you reckon I'm of no value anymore, just let me know. When you want to sack me, Larry, just let me know. Done. Lee, done. It won't be my call, but hey, Port Adelaide have a lad called Connor Rosie. He's he's yeah, 21 yeah. and he's just gone next level because he's getting more game time in the midfield, Lee. Yeah, well, but, but often I think they, they need to physically mature mostly to earn the rod. He's a, he's a, he's a runner, isn't he? He's, he's agile, he's quick. He's not oh, a big, bulky no. Matt Roll. No, Matt Rowell was an 18 year old. looked like he was 25. You wouldn't have known the difference. So, he probably just had to get kind of strong enough to play around the middle. But I, I mean, I've been watching a guy from Sydney by the name of Chad Warner. He plays a little bit like Connor Rose. I mean, that they can run the ball away from congestion. Now, it's one thing to get the ball in your hands, but it's another thing to have that leg speed and power to run the ball away from your congestion. And if you get half a chance in the forward 50, you kick a goal. And Rosie's got all those capabilities, hasn't he? So mm. he does... Uh, he, uh, no, he, he always looked like he was going to be a gun player, but now that he's got what it's the 50 games on, on probably under his belt, he, uh, he's now producing it fairly regularly. And, and, and he'll be part of their, uh, the future midfield. Well, the midfield forward, I think that's the gun players in the competition. They and he's, are. He's, he's exactly that, the midfield goal kicker. Yeah, he is kick four on the weekend. Some teams can win close games. Others, like Richmond, lose them. Is there an art yeah. to that? Well, it, I, I kind of think it's more random than reasons, right? Obviously, the reasons are discipline and decision-making under pressure, right? To, to, be, mm. to stay calm under pressure as a whole group. Now, Collingwood, I mean, over the last month or two, they've, they've won games by 4 points, 4 points, 11 points, 5 points, 7 points. I mean, wow. Mostly when it's that close. I mean, last week, the game against North Melbourne, they came home the last quarter when North Melbourne, the bottom team, was five goals in front halfway through the last quarter. And the, and the Giants were a couple of goals in front with about five minutes to go the week before. So they seem to have an ability to, to under that intense pressure at the end of the game, to actually find another gear. Now, again, why is that? I'm not sure. Richmond, on the other hand, Rory, in the same period, the last couple of months, they've lost close games by six points, three points, two points. Like, again, I, I, it's a, I think there's a bit of randomness in it, but at the moment, Collingwood are the poster boy for winning close games. <laughs> Richmond are the poster boy for losing them. And, yeah, let's face it, you, can, you know, if, if Collingwood had lost a couple of those, well, they would be in the finals. And if Richmond had won a couple of the close runs, they'd be up in the top four. So, geez, it makes a fair difference, doesn't it, where oh, you're going to end up. And, and, yeah, and yeah. sometimes it is just luck.
I mean, I look at Dawson's well, kick after the siren to beat Port. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, no, I agree with that. I just say I, I think it's more random than a reason. Yes, but it's a it is a great thing for a team. You know, whenever you're playing oh. in a team over you know, different periods, if you feel like we do tend to be win close games more often than we lose them, it's a great confidence to feel like we're not going to panic and mm. we feel like faith in that ability to uh, to you know, to. Well, yeah, you again, know, close games are won by a, a, a mistake here or a good bit of play there or a lack of discipline there or, or what have you. That's it's, it's such a it's such a fine line. But yeah, Collingwood, it's it's made them in a sense better than they well their, their percentage. They're sixth on the ladder, eleven five. Their percentage is only one hundred and six. Mm. So, fact is they they just keep finding a way to win, but they're not they're not having no. uh, they're not having uh, big wings, are they? So that was uh, that was something that. Hey, this is what about this stat? Uh, Scott Pen- Scott Pendlebury this week plays his 350th game, right? Mm-hmm. He's been top three in their club championship, the Capital Trophy, 13 times. Stop it. How's that for longevity? Wow. I, I think it's one five, one five or six. <laughs> I was thinking, because in the list was Michael Tuck, my former teammate, Michael Tuck. He was top three nine times. I don't think he actually won one. But he was top three nine times. I mean, it's, it, it, the, the longevity to play really well to finish, you know, top three is it's just remarkable, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Scott Pernelby, that that's a big that's one. A, that, that's I think, unreal. Mm. I, I think the next one is Craig Bradley and a few others that have maybe have done it ten times. But he's of the that's the VFL oh. AFL kind of combination. In this sample, there might be like Russell Lieber, for instance. Just he might have been top three for. His whole career, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, well, he years, the one that springs to mind for me, an ex-teammate of mine, Tyson Edwards, yeah. I reckon he was runner-up yeah. five times, never won a BNF, and I reckon he was in the top three. I, look, I stand corrected, yeah. but if, if, if it's not yeah. seven or eight, it was nine. He he was just captain consistent, never got mm-hmm. injured, played mm-hmm. durable. They're, they're just diamonds, aren't they? But I think Pendlebury, yeah. as far as mm-hmm. talent, is probably on that next level. Um what yeah, about Carlton? Yeah. You like their front half? Crikey's, they can kick a score, can't they? Well, I'm, I must admit, I'm really looking forward to the Carlton's long game. I, I there's two things that excite me in footy the most. It's one, goal kickers, like big goal, the big yep. forward you go to, and every time the ball comes towards, oh, they're going to jump up and mark it. Obviously, Carlton have got Mackay and Curnow, who are less proven. I mean, Geelong have got Hawkers and Cameron, who oh, are stop sort it. of much more mature, mm. much more proven, but... Uh, in terms of jumping up and taking the big mark, well, Mackay and Kernow are more likely to do that, I reckon, than Hawkins and Cameron. But nevertheless, it's it's like I, I watched like North Melbourne last week, close game against uh, Collingwood. Larky kicked five. Uh, Peter Wright kicked five for Esther. Mitch Lewis kicked five for Hawthorne. But when you when you're the main go-to player, it, it's like you get double teamed and it's mm. hard to do it. But it's much. I mean, I I reckon the best. The best two big forwards for me are probably way back, uh, Brereton and Dunstall, probably. Yeah. I reckon. Of all Hard of, to well, beat. My whole time in footy, I reckon that, that if you talk, you know, you're big, you do. We used to call it set up forward and full forward, but the, the, mm. they don't have that, that term now. But that, that as a partnership, you know, is, uh, I, I think that's probably the best one of my, my time in footy, I think, Ro, yep. what pops into your mind R- in R- that category from you? Nick Rewalt and Stewie time. Lowe ring a bell a, a, a no, little, did, yeah. but, but not in the yeah. Dunstall, um, not in the Dunstall, um, Derby yeah, mould. Yeah. Who, yeah, who was yeah. Plugger Lockett's sidekick? He didn't need one, did he? Well, well, 
yeah, I don't think there was a kind of anyone no. sort of outstanding. And Nick, Nick Rewald didn't play much with Stewie Lowe. I mean, Jonathan Brown and Alistair Lynch are in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as I say, I just, Brereton and Dunstall, I just, I, it's hard to think there's been a centre oh. forward, full forward, as good as those two were. In I'd the agree with that. So, so can you win time. a modern day flag without two power forwards, without two guns, two stars? Well, you can and you have to, to be honest, because there's, there there's not that many around. I mean, mm. Mackay, Kerno, Hawkins, Cameron are a bit like head and shoulders. I'm not quite sure who would be the the next club that's got a pair of uh, forwards of, of that quality. And the big, the, the, the Conning brothers, who have been revelations as the two young mm. tools. Tom, Tom's the one who's been rucking for Carlton mm. and Stan's been playing defence for Geelong. Um, they, they're... they're where it's going to prove it's not the same person who's just broken up mm-hmm. twice, you know, so I'm basically on the field at the same time. They're not twins, I don't think, but, gee, they're both good players, those, uh, those young Deconics. So that's, that's going to be an attractive game to watch, you know, they're, they're two key forwards either mm-hmm. end, which often can get on top, yeah, yeah. We just had a sip and save text. Lucas and Lloyd at Bombers? Yes, yes, but, yeah, yeah, no, that was another another one you could certainly win that category too. Yeah. yeah but, there, but, but over history, there hasn't been no. many where they've got, you've no. got two at the same time. And let's face it, Mackay and Curnow and even Hawkins and Cameron haven't quite got to the, to the levels of the ones we've been talking about, but they may well. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously Hawkins and Cameron haven't played together for good their whole careers, have they? Yeah. So, good on yeah. you, Lee. Have a good yeah. week. We'll speak to you next Wednesday. Thanks, Rory. All best. See you, mate. Fantastic. Bye.